Hello, welcome into another episode of Stadium Cast. You may know me as Inadequance, you can call me Martijn. And I am Lindberger, also known as Amanda. And I have to ask you a quick question, Martijn. What is it like uh, retirement in the Netherlands? Um, you usually come back within a month. I did so in like November or December. And, uh, you know, after four weeks, it, I was, it was good retirement. And then I came back, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, in Germany, they're even better at it. They do like uh, one month they play and one month they don't play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's retiring at a very young age, it seems like, uh, in some of these countries. We have one of the, I think, the best retired Dutch battler. We can say it like that now officially, right? In on this on this episode, we have Toe Technical. Welcome in. Or actually, let's address this right away. Toe Technical. Yes. Yes. Well, it's all good. Everything. As long as it's not technical, I'm good with it. But anyway, good to see y'all. Good to see y'all. I have, friend, I have heard the technical before, yeah. <laughs> um, the technical, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? For, for those, if there's like one or two people who might not know you. Oh, I'm just a guy right now. But uh, I, I used to uh, play a lot of Pokemon Go, a bit too much Pokemon Go, especially PvP was my thing. And I streamed on Twitch and posted YouTube videos. And, uh, well, every tournament I've ever played in where Ineloquence was present, I've always performed better than him. So <laughs> that's kind of my claim to fame. <laughs> it's a good claim to fame. I mean, you are one of the people. It's, it was very sad. You, you made an announcement a little bit ago that you're not really playing the game as much as you uh, had been in the past. But really, like, you were one of the first names I think a lot of people knew when it came to PvP. You, you were, what was it, the highest tier in Sylph the very first season, right? Yeah, yeah. I played, uh, I mean, I, I did very well in season one and season two of Sylph. Uh, season one, I was the highest rated European at the end of the season. And in season two, I wasn't the number one spot for the majority of the season uh, until like the very last month because that like very last couple months of season two of Sylph is when the game really started going downhill and I kind of stopped playing there as well mm. uh so that's when i dropped off but that's when i started streaming because uh that was that was fun and people already knew me from there and that's how my streaming career really start got started so how like how did you start building up your community like that did you already like have like 5k followers or something be- before you actually like on twitter before you even went live on twitch yeah, well, I, I didn't have that many followers on, Twi- on Twitter, but a lot of people knew me from uh, the Sylph like the Sylph leaderboards, and just from like a lot of tournaments. I played a ton of tournaments. I had like a ton of people I practiced with. Uh, so when I started streaming, a lot of people uh, came in because they knew me, and they told their friends to come in, and they told their friends to come in, and that's I think uh, how I started. Do you remember, do you have any statistics on like what was the highest viewer count that you had at one point when you were Twitch streaming? Uh, the highest viewer count, I think like 1.3 or 1.4K, something like that. Probably during, uh, I think it was during either a season start uh, or when uh, we had a league switch. Mm-hmm. I would regularly get like above like a thousand back in the day and uh, I think my highest was like 1.3 or 1.4. All right. Um, so the start of Sylph, that's a topic that we touched a lot with House Stark uh, in one of our previous episodes as well. I want to ask you a little bit different about that. Um, I believe that 
uh, Niantic is mostly investing into building up local communities, and that includes local PvP tournaments, if I am correct. Like, currently they have this prototype, if I should call it like that, in uh, North America, right? Where if you, you have, like, a leaderboard, and if you're on top, you can win a stipend of $750 to travel to the NEIC. Um, how effective would you see this become in Europe? I think I think it would be great. I think it might be even more effective in Europe uh, than in NA because like it's a lot more dense uh, out here, whereas in NA people are more spread out. Uh, so I feel like lo hosting local tournaments here might be more successful at, at that scale, at least. I think if you go like super super big, NA has the upper hand, but for like smaller local tournaments, I think they would do great in EU. Speaking of small local things, so it's no, uh, you guys aren't hiding the fact that you guys are both Dutch battlers. And there's been a lot of Dutch battlers this year who have actually qualified for Worlds already in the Play Pokemon circuit. Do you think that the Netherlands has the best battlers in the world? Hell yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100% no, agree. Sure. For sure. Finally, we have something we agree on. <laughs> I definitely think so. I think, uh, I mean, if I can be a bit arrogant, I would say I, I can I can fit in there and, and Martijn can as well. And of course, we got Stadastan, who has proved himself to be one of the best players over and over. And then we got Colin, who's kind of a newer name, uh, mm -hmm. I would say. Well, he's not that new, but compared to, uh, to us three, Colin is a bit newer, who can also definitely be one of the best players. So, yeah, we are very strong. Yeah, I think Colin is, you know, he wasn't really a well-known name before, but like during the period of Liu, I feel like like around that period, he became like suddenly really, really good. Yeah. I, I would say on, on similar to, to, to the level we usually play on as well. Maybe even better. He, he trioed me last time we played, so. Um... Definitely. I think him having like contact with Stan and the rest of the like TM Pizza faction probably helped improve his skills a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, would you think that if we, if those tournaments become a thing, the local tournaments, that many retired battlers, maybe even including yourself, would pick up PvP again and, you know, battle with the people they used to play still with back in the days? I would probably go, yeah. I mean, if there's, if there's a tournament, like, kind of close by that I can just travel to and from in a day, I mean, I don't see why not. I, I don't know if I'll fully pick up PvP again because of that, but I can throw together a team the day before and just yes, hop in, have some fun, you know? Maybe I go uh, 06, or maybe I go 60 or whatever. I don't know. I don't think I care at that point. The community is already worth it. And when you say you throw together a team, do you mean that Felix would throw together a team for you and then you would go play it? <laughs> maybe, maybe. More likely, I'll ask Martijn, uh, because <laughs> I did pretty well with his team last time to steal that. But yeah, I'll probably just steal a team off of one of my teammates, yes. All right. Um, so about PvP, huh? The state of the game. It has been uh, not great for a while now. What does it take for you to come back? You know, the state of the game has improved compared to like a couple of years ago when we have Fast of the Now. But it's just the thing. The thing is, even if the game would be like a little suboptimal, I don't think I'd really mind. The bigger problem is that Niantic keeps promising stuff, 
and then not delivering or just completely ignoring it like all together. If they would be like, hey guys, uh, frame drops, we're never going to fix that. It'd be like, okay, maybe I can live with that if they, if they fix the rest, right? Mm-hmm. But they, they keep either ignoring the problem or saying like, we're going to fix it and then not doing it. And then they fix another thing and they break something else. And it's just a continuous state of going two steps forward and then four steps back, basically. And, and that, is, that is my problem. And sometimes something doesn't happen at all. I mean, we had a pretty big bug fix when Fast of Denial was fixed, of course. Absolutely. I think that's, that's when it peaked. Yeah, that was like a, a great moment for the game. We had Worlds coming up. We had Fast of Denial being fixed. That was like the, the moment where I was so motivated for the game. And that's what really fueled me for the period afterwards. But like, they basically ignored PvP after that. Like, they just let it rot. And that's kind of my issue. I just, I just don't see them having like long-term support for PvP. And that's my issue. I mean, we did have a good move update now. And that's nice. But I see it more as a band-aid a temporary fix than something long-term. And I would really have to see them be passionate about supporting PvP long-term before I, I can, like, come back, I would say. Yeah, honestly, uh, I really respect you about this because you are, you're, like, one of the most well-known PvP content creators and battlers. You have qualified for Worlds, so you could go to Japan and compete. And you also were part of, like, a Niantic partnership for PvP, sort of. And so for you to actually say this stuff and say it's it's not enough, they're, they're really not doing something that I feel is effective. I, I mean, I think that takes a lot of courage and a lot of, like, I, I don't know, like you put the statement out here and now, I, I yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but do you know what I mean? Like it was a big statement and I don't know how we can fix it to to get you back or people who are feeling this way that you're feeling back into the game. Yeah, I, I guess so. But, you know, it it was a long time coming, coming, honestly. I mean, before I announced I was pretty much retired, I had already not uploaded, like, any videos at all for months. And even before that, I took long breaks, you know. I think a lot of people were aware, and I talk about it all the time, that the game is just not heading in the right direction. So, yeah, it was honestly just bound to happen at some point. Or is it because Martine beat you in Malmo and you really just couldn't handle it anymore? In so you Malmo? Decided, you decided that was just... Oh, no, no, where was it? At they didn't show it, actually. They didn't show it in Malmo. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the nail He got away. I told him. <laughs> they didn't show it. Yeah, I let him beat me and then they didn't even show it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So sad. I thought, <laughs> I'm going to be gone anyway. You know, might as well give Martine some spotlight, you know? Kind of like, you know, passing the torch to... Uh, the second best Dutch uh, player, and uh, but but no, they didn't show it. It's such a shame. That that's so gracious of you. <laughs> um, if 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 there's anything you can say about that, um, what do you think is needed to actually get Niantic more invested into PvP? Is it the people? I think that's difficult. I uh, you know Niantic has. I think their goal is their their pillars of the game are exploration, uh, community, and uh, well, that's basically it. Just going out and meeting people, right? And I think 
for them to really start considering PvP more is to add those elements into PvP or at least make them see that it's already there. Because in my opinion, as far as community goes, the best feature to bring people together has been PvP for me. I mean, raids are great. I go out, I meet a couple locals, I go home, right? But with PvP, because of PvP, I've traveled the world, met so many people, and people I, I talk to for more than like 15 minutes as well. Right. So I think they're not realizing PvP's potential in, in bringing people together enough. And I think they might also not be realizing how much time and effort it costs to like field a good PvP team. Because even just going out and grinding for the PvP Pokemon, I meet Pokemon or I meet people in my local community, right? If it, if it wasn't for PvP, I would not be out playing and raiding at all. I would quit the game a long time ago. So I don't know. I, I don't think there's much they can change about PvP to like make it fit into those pillars more, but I think they just should just realize that it already kind of fits. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it for Worlds last year when we were all in London and there was like so many Pokemon Go players in one spot and they came from yeah all over the globe. So I think that I think these tournaments are something that are really going to hopefully make Niantic see that, yes, the community is there. These are the people who are actually really dedicated to playing the game. Uh, speaking of the tournaments, so walk us through Lil a little bit. This is when you qualified this year. I wasn't there. I was in the U.S. at the time. It seemed like quite the one to miss watching the recaps. But yeah, walk us through the team that you played and kind of how your experience went. So that was a, was a great tournament, actually. Um, you know, before Leo, the couple of weeks before, I really wasn't feeling the game, honestly. I, I actually considered not going to Leo, first of all. Like, I almost didn't go, but because the game was just, as always, just kind of shit. But I just eventually... Drank. I decided to go anyway because, you know, there's friends there and I ended up stealing a team from uh, from Felix, the Nut93. Uh, I don't remember it exactly anymore, but it was pretty meta uh, with a couple more, I wouldn't say spicy picks, but just a couple picks to throw people off guard, oh, like yeah. the Shadow Venusaur and, and the Frostlass, which are, which are pretty good core breakers uh, at the time. And yeah, I, I went in there, no expectations at all. And I ended up uh, going to day two. Uh, starting day two, I started off real bad. I, I faced uh, a player by the name of Wolfpack, a French player, who was running Umbrian and, and Shadow K9, both of which I really didn't have any answers to because I didn't bring any water types. Uh, sure, Shadow K9 kind of wrecked me. And then for Umbrian, I only had Metacham, which isn't really the best answer either. So the first best of three for him, I got two out, which I felt really bad about as uh, last time I made top eight was at EOIC. And I also got through to the winner's, winner's bracket and I lost my first round there as well. And then my second round straight after that too. So I was really afraid that would happen again. But uh, luckily I managed to beat Arceus Aurelius after that. And then I uh, I faced uh, the nut. So uh, Felix, we had a we had a mirror team face-off. Luckily, I was able to take him down. And I think I faced someone else after that. Maybe not. You faced Wolfpack again. Yeah, I did. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, Losers Finals. Uh, before Losers Finals, actually, I was watching a Winners Finals, and it was Colin versus Wolfpack. And I was like, yo, I really hope Wolfpack wins because I was, I was sure that if I had to play Wolfpack again, so if Colin beat Wolfpack, that I would lose. Uh, but 
yeah, Colin ended up winning there and I had to face Wolfpack again. And luckily I was able to just barely squeeze out a 3-2 victory there. Uh, go into the final, uh, the grand finals against Colin, which I sadly ended up losing. But, you know, I was still quite happy with my result because uh, I had secured my ticket for Japan. Yeah, I mean, but you like barely lost too because there was the ice punch. Or I remember watching it on the Medici. The crowd just went nuts because everyone thought that you won. And then there was like a counter roar of people like cheering when they realized that uh, Colin was able to get off that uh, sky attack. Yep, yeah, it was literally one HP. I really thought I would knock out, but sadly it did. Yeah, that was uh, that was a tough one. Um, I'm glad that you made worlds there. I barely didn't, unfortunately. There, that was my uh, tournament to go out to in the winners. Um, now, speaking of Japan, what would it take for you to go to Japan at this point? Uh, there's no chance I'm going. I really think you should, buddy. I mean, like, all your friends are going, you've already qualified, even if you don't play, like, you get to go hang out with, like, people that you know and uh, are, like, super close with. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll see them elsewhere, you know. I think Japan is just way too much of an investment for me right now especially because i mean i i still i don't mind like hanging out with people that play the game or playing the game i mean i went i did community day uh, this past uh saturday uh with with martin as well and some other friends and it was a lot of fun but i don't want to spend so much on a holiday and just mm. be like surrounded by like this game the whole time which sure. i you know i don't i'm trying to avoid at least a little bit you know, my, my life was Pokemon Go for such a long time that I, I'm kind of okay with, you know, not having that right now, at least as much. Fair, fair. Okay, different question then. Um, we talked about Liu before, but you st still went to the EUIC after, even though you were already a little bit in a state of mind where you didn't like the game as much, right? Can you tell us a yep. little bit about why you still went and how that went? Well, I already booked everything, so I, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I might as well, you know, I might as well. And, uh, dude, I don't know what it is with these tournaments, but I suck. When I, every time I prepare for one of these tournaments, it goes so badly. Like, it's never gone well. For it's true. EUI, for EUIC, I didn't know what team to run. And the week before EUIC, I started practicing, and I... I lost almost everything. Like I think I did like thirty practice battles. I maybe won like four. Like it was All that bad. Me. It was that bad. Uh, yeah. Well, don't actually. Yeah. You, I think you were the only person yeah. I beat. Like, I, like I beat everyone me. except you. We <laughs> was the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But I I tried out so many different teams and it was it, it didn't go well. And I remember actually uh, the day before the tournament. Uh, we were walking through London, and it was uh, myself, Martine, and a couple others. And it's we Scaffo, stopped right? to, uh, yeah, Scaffo as yeah. well. And we stopped at some shop to get some drinks, and we just sat there for a little bit. And we did some scrims, and I was scrimming against Martine, and for two battles, I just rage quit. I, I was so mad. It felt I was, so I was so mad because, well, I was just playing really bad. It was kind of, I, I, I have kind of high standards of myself, and I was playing so bad. I was just disappointed. So kind of rage quit and was like oh okay you know, no more practice i'll just run something tomorrow and we'll see how it goes but uh yeah i didn't decide on my team until the morning off like a half an hour before we had to uh, like uh, put the team in i decided i would run my time steam uh so like half an hour before tournament started i entered the team and i went in and uh yeah i mean the rest is history it went really well 
like really well. I don't think I've ever played that good, honestly. Like, I don't know what happened, but I have absolute demon mode that tournament. It's a team. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. The team was great. Honestly, the team was fantastic. I absolutely hated Trevenant. Like, this entire, like, meta game. Trevenant is so annoying because it can absolutely ruin your team or get ruined. It just felt so rock, paper, scissors because you, if you get it locked onto a knocked out, it's just over for the opponent, of course, or for yourself if you're running it, you know? What about... Uh, I was so, going to say, what do you think never, of the counter-argument that it's actually rock, paper, scissors because of Lantern and not because of... I, that's actually... Yes, that is what I think, you know? I do think it is not a Trevenant issue. It's the fact that the whole meta is built in a way that makes half of it weak to Trevenant and half of it strong to Trevenant. I don't think it's the Trevenant issue. It's definitely more of a, a Lantern problem, but still, uh, Trevenant being rock, paper, scissors, kind of the result. So that's kind of why I never brought it. But Martine's team really focused on making Trevenant shine, I felt, as it has Lantern, Registeel, and a load of Ninetales to like cover Noctile super hard. So I basically just brought Trevenant every game and destroyed. Nice. Actually, one, this is my, my favorite, my absolute favorite um, battle of them all was when I was facing Richie Beckett. Richie Beckett, um, was running a team with Noctowl, Umbrian, and I think Lickitung? Yeah, Lickitung. Yeah. And then it was also Lantern, Metacham, and Gfist. So 50 50 uh, strong week versus Trevenant. And game one, I was like, okay, no way he expects me to run Trevenant. I, my, my theory is basically if someone has a lot of counters to Trevenant, I should bring Trevenant because they're not going to expect it. So I bring it in game one, in the back, and I get absolutely hard countered to start the game. Like, I don't remember exactly, but my lead was hard countered, but I, I stayed in anyway because I didn't have much choice. Then I bring in my set, I, then I bring in my Opsigun, I'm pretty sure, and he has Metacham. And I'm like, what? Okay, this is really bad. But I bring in Trevenant, and he stays into the Metacham. I'm like, what? And my Trevenant just ends up sweeping his team because he ran G-Fisk, Lantern, and Maddie, he ran none of his Pokemon where it, like would have owned Trevenant, and my Trevenant just swept. It was a great, it's probably my proudest moment ever in this game. That's super risky on his part. My favorite moment was when you played a uh, Scaffold on stage because I was uh, commentating it, and those were really intense, intense battles. And yeah, they were really good. I think a lot of people were saying, but it's obviously not true because you guys were playing hard that that you threw the game for him. But let's uh, let's confirm it right here on the podcast. Did you or did you not throw that game against Scaffo? Shad is clueless, dude. I did everything I could. Like, I played gold like that game. Honestly, I'm just going to be arrogant about it. None of the people in chat would have gone, gotten nearly as close as I am. Honestly, catches. I got two catches. Scaffo is a god, so those catches didn't matter. Like, he, he, he just, like, every time I caught, he just farmed up more and he got back that energy he lost and he hard countered me so much that it, didn't really matter that he desynced the clock more or that he gave me energy. Uh, but like, it was the only way to stay in the game. And I almost got him. And that's basically how close I could have gotten. I think in hindsight, I should have ran a different team. Uh, honestly, looking back at it, it's kind of obvious he wasn't going to run a couple Pokemon. So I, I regret not bringing like Obsigun or Trevenant. Um, but for the team I ran, I think I, I played as well as I could. I think one of the 
course we struggled with that I personally have myself because I think me Weedle was running a similar team. It's it just came down to that Swampert A9 core every single mm. time. I think that was the way against the team that we run, and it was yep. pretty difficult to deal with if you play against someone who knew what they were doing, like Scuffle. Yep. Um, but I did knock me with a lot. I just want to say that. <laughs> uh, we'll tell that every episode. <laughs> every episode. Yeah. When your best core breaker to A9 Swampert is Charizard and Opsigun, mm-hmm. it's not a great time, you know? Well, the thing is, though, those two just fit so well in the team. One of the ideas yeah. I always had was if I play against someone who, you know, doesn't play super risky lines, I could always lead Opsigun or Charizard and have the other one as a safe switch. Because if I lose the lead, if I if I have like a uh, Obstagoon again to Medicham, I can also always say switch to Charizard. There should never be a Lantern in the back, or they sure, would be very weak yeah. to uh, Travelant. Uh, yeah. Now that I say that, they did that twice to me <laughs> in the in the Hartford. Luckily, I didn't do the do uh, Obstagoon Charizard core there. But uh, yeah, you know that that was kind of the strategy was mostly built on, and exactly what you say, the fact that I want to make Travelant work because I despise the lantern medicore so much i still do i still do i run whimsical now um, yeah it's but... even worse now honestly <laughs> it is it is but actually i think i think, I think trevenant is still pretty fine currently it's just uh a little bit even more 50 50 right yes you can yeah. run into a team with two water types in a meta champ you can also run into a team with umbrian a slash and uh, noctal so uh it's even more 50 50 right now trevenant um I've asked this a million times to you. I'm gonna do it again because uh, you know we're on the cast, and maybe not everyone knows your answer to this question. Um, I'm. It's just like with Japan. I'm just just now and then poking you on it. Again. When, when are we seeing you next to me in the cast booth? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't think ever. Maybe, maybe, maybe sometime. Maybe? Uh, he, he hasn't said maybe I, yet. He has I, changed I his mind. I don't exclude the possibility. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, right now, I'm not even playing the game. So I'm not going hey. to cast. No, well, there are more casters who don't play and still cast. Yeah, Yeah, but, I mean, not, not everyone is openly <laughs> shit-talking the game online. <laughs> right? Fair, fair. Well, some of them are, actually. Some of them are. <laughs> right? I mean... <laughs> I think I think I'd be like okay at casting. I think with a little bit of pre- practice, I could be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But okay. I, I think right now, I, there's no chance. I, I would have to get back into the, to the game more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll yeah. see about that. I already got you to say maybe now, so that's really a big change. <laughs> yeah, if only yeah, it there is. Was like a I used crew. to always say no. You're right, but I, I see I, opportunities. I have changed my my mind a little bit. Hmm. Could be could be fun. No, I would really like that as well. I don't think we've ever actually casted together. We did used to do like your practice tournaments and stuff, but we haven't. Yeah, done we casted official. together in those. Yeah, but nothing like official, Thomas. I mean, like, yeah. come on, jump in here. Nothing live. It's different live it's than true. like pre-recorded battles. That's for sure. It's fun. Maybe maybe for a tryout. Maybe for a tryout. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I might be down for that. Man, we're really we're really switching on him right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this. We're going to bring up some controversial things since, like you said, you're done with the game. You don't even care, right? Rank the EU emperors in order of skill. Oh, my goodness. You did not just do that. And the other queen's at the bottom. No, it's, you know, this is, I think this is a diff- really difficult question. I think when you look at it from 
who is the best battler if we just take this one person what would like their win rate be you know we could easily rank but there's a lot more to that to to a player than just how they do their battles i would say i think uh i'm just gonna single one player out here let's say elephant flusher i i wouldn't say he is the best player in our team i don't think he is the best he is a really good player everyone over players is the best is a really good player but elephant is not like the top but he is extremely good at figuring out what opponents are gonna run hmm. like Whenever I ask for advice, or when I, whenever I used to ask for advice, like, what do you think my opponent's going to run? What should I run? Elephant always has very good input, I think. He is, I think, is probably or best at uh, predicting what our opponent's going to run. So I would put him higher on the list just because of that. And Hido has that skill as well. Whenever I need uh, a risky line to run, I'm like, Hido, yo, give me a Hido line. And he will, he will, he will be, it will give me the most ridiculous lineup in the world. They will literally lose to three of the opponent's Pokemon, yeah. and, and and I will still use it because I'm like, Kido, he knows how to predict. We're doing this, and I, then I usually win, refuse. You know, but then I should <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think every one of our players has like unique play style and different skills that contribute contribute to the team in in different ways. And not all of them are like winning battles, so it is it is hard to say who's like the most skilled. Okay, that's fair. But instead, then rank Emerald uh, EU factions in order of skill. Oh, EU Emperor's up top, of course, of course. And then it gets difficult. Uh, <laughs> then it gets difficult. Uh, let, let me think. We got Snowverse, Wasted, Gorilla. Who would probably deserve to be uh, a tier below. Yeah. Uh, actually, Gorilla is washed. I, I don't. They're I very don't, washed. I don't. I think each. This is actually where I where um, I think EU Emperors differs from like other factions, especially Gorilla Garbodors. I would actually dare to say, individual like on an individual skill wise, Gorilla Garbodors might be better than us. I think if you take each of their players individually, rank them up against all of our players individually, I think they might have the edge, but. They kind of suck compared to us in factions. I mean, uh, I say that, I mean, they're good, right? Uh, kind of hyperbolically, but they don't do that well. They don't do that well, even though they think, have, like, uh, amazing players. I don't think they communicate a lot. Uh, yeah. I asked Stone Collection about it. Like, we usually share, like, share our battles, mo most of us, right? Uh, in, in Discord to each other and, like, have input that way. They yeah. don't do that a lot. At I least guess from so. what I heard, and 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 you know maybe you say they uh, they might be better because they have the world champion. I would also remind you to take a look at the world champions records from the last few bouts. It's not been very <laughs> very clean. <laughs> that's 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 what I mean. I mean we we have a good dynamic going on of teamwork and people giving input and mm -hmm. not just like during the battles. Honestly, I think our results would not be much different whether we share battles or not. It's just really input before the battles and just the support we have for each other, I think that really brings us to the next level compared to some of the other factions. All right. All right. Um, who is going to win Sylv Rolls this season, you think? Uh, EU Emperors. All right. All right. Who's of gonna course. Come in, but if you guys didn't, or who's going to come in second? 
Uh, Who do we play mm. in the finals? That's a, that's a better way to word. Yeah. Uh, let's think. Oh, uh, this is. I think. I mean, pogoats are really good, but I mean, everyone has their number, right? Everyone has their number. Like, they're. If you face pogoats, you're gonna play your best, or you're gonna try your hardest. So I think pogoats gonna go out earlier than they expect. That's my. Uh, that's my call, and we're gonna play. Let me think. Mm, I want to say Stadium Elite, but I. Mm. I think. I think it's the same as Pogoats. People really try hard for the stadium elite. So mm-hmm. they might go out a little earlier as well. I'm expecting I'm expecting a Latam faction to be second. But which one? It's gotta be like Infinity Go, whichever has the most wins. I don't remember. There's so many Infinity Goes. White, <laughs> black, rainbow, poop brown. I don't know. Uh one of them is gonna be second. Yeah. All right, that's fair. And on that sort of topic, I guess, or I don't know, Martin, do we have any more controversial takes before we we really do the enders? Um, not right now. I mean, it's still I I I should have no problem thinking of one quickly, but I don't. Come on, roast me! <laughs> I I don't need to. You Bring already, me the you, controversy. You already gave up on the game. Yeah. Actually, this isn't controversial, but I do think it's a fun fact that I do bring up about you. So you are vegan. And you, yeah. and you don't drink. And now you've quit the game. So, like, do you have a life? <laughs> no, no, I don't. No. You said to roast you. <laughs> what do you do outside of Pokemon Go now, if I may ask? Yo, I'm building a roller coaster. It's Hell in the background, yeah. actually. Look at this. So when I was a kid, I built, like, all kinds of things out of Kinects. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I still got so much of this stuff. So gonna, I'm just gonna try again. So wait, I can I can kind of show you. Look, it's quite oh, quite big. Oh my goodness! That's and, huge. Uh, yeah, but uh, I also have a 3D printer, so I've been uh, I've been uh, learning that, but like not for that long. So I'm kind of learning the rope still. But actually, I've got in front of me. My project right now has been to make like these uh, roller coaster trains mm-hmm. with like kind of realistic wheel assemblies. Because huh. if you take like the the Knacks, like, toy car, they, they, like, suck. You know, they wouldn't even make it halfway up, like, this this coaster. So I, I, I 3D printed my own, and I designed them all myself, and Dang. that's what I've been working on. W- will you make a YouTube video about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'll probably film it tonight. All right, all right. Should, yeah, I need to... I need This thing is taking up so much room, I need to get rid of it. <laughs> Thomas, do you still talk with uh, Kev Killer at all? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Actually, used to... Uh, I know Kev Killer from before Pogo because of this. Yeah, I was He used to thing. make uh, Knex Koshers as well, and we were on the same, like, uh, like forum. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's where I know him from. And then, uh, I, actually, I changed my username from those forum days uh, to Totetical, but he, he his name stayed the same. So uh, I knew I knew him from... From the website he didn't know who i was but then uh, during self season one worlds i ran into him and i was like hey i'm this this guy from uh from the the coaster forum do you remember and he kind of did so it was fun but yeah i i still talk to him about it yeah he also he has like a maker space right now but he's doing 3d printing and a bunch of stuff for like companies in belgium so i was just thinking you should you should hook him up 
uh, we are actually I've I've sent him like some some like designs and stuff. So we are doing that. That's super cool. Okay, cool. All right, then I guess to be nice to you and not to to roast you any more, we're gonna give you our last question. It's this this is a standard question for the stadium cast. Um, who do you think in the PvP community could be considered a Crabrawler? And a Crabrawler is someone who is good, maybe like scrappy, but maybe not super well-known yet. And then who do you think is a champion, who is someone who's like already well-known and most likely could win a tournament or go on to win worlds? Oh, this is tough. This is tough because, you know, I haven't really... I mean, I still follow the competitive scene, but not as hard as I used to. But let me think. Ah, uh, Crow Brawler, someone not so well known, but who is really good. Mm. Let me do them a champion first. Sure. <sighs> That's easier, but they're they're so difficult. There's so many like insane players. I mean, this guy. I was uh, like, yeah. Do you see Martin uh, giving you the eyes? De de definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. He is a washed caster. That's the second. <laughs> the second? Yes, yeah, Susie Susie said immediately as well. No, it's not, not gonna be not you. you. You know, you know, you know casting is where skill goes to die, right? You know, that's uh that's how it works. I think Caleb and <laughs> I proved uh, proved the otherwise. Uh Caleb played like one good player. That's a whole take right there. Uh or actually two. No, but uh <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> no, I, you played well. <laughs> anyway, all recorded. Uh, think, I mean, there's so many good players. If I just could just do a guess of who's going to win worlds, like Axon, Wadage, who else? Uh, there's so many people who could. Every single one of the emperors could. Like, but I don't know. It's tough to call. And then Carbrawlers. I don't know. I don't know, honestly. It's tough. I think most of the... I feel like most of the good battlers are kind of well-known at the moment because of the play Pokemon circuit. That's true, but some of them, like... Like, even some of the EU emperors, like, they haven't qualified necessarily for Worlds. Like, a, like Yeah, a I guess they're well-known to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's well-known well to everyone, I guess, at this point. Maybe he's kind of well-known. But maybe not well known enough. Human catcher bug. I I've I've been watching or I was watching some of his YouTube videos. I mean he only won like one tournament, right? And I think weird things can happen and someone, you know, Pokemon Go, not always the most skilled player wins, you know? If you win a tournament, you are good. Doesn't mean you're like a god all of a sudden. That's my take. But I think Human Catcher Bug is actually a god. He's really freaking good. And I think he might actually be one of the very best players uh, because I, I was watching some of his YouTube videos and like the amount of like precision he has in his gameplay, I think is almost unrivaled. So... If he can show that during Worlds, I think he can go very, very far. Much further than some people might expect. Yeah, until he faces a very sleepy opponent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I didn't hear that. He lost to Felix oh, when Felix was like basically dead. And uh... That's when Felix is in his prime, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? When he, he told me once, um, 
at the end of the day, everyone's tired when, when, from playing, right? But Felix is always tired, so he's used to it, and he has an advantage. And I think that's what makes Felix also even better at those turns, right? Um, I was thinking, if, if I may say, if I may say myself, though, someone we both know, I think Gideon, Gideon could be uh, someone who really excels as well. Yeah, I don't know Gideon well enough. I know he did okay in some of your tournaments, and he and he does uh, pretty good in, in GBL without putting too much time into the game. But I mean, that's uh, I think that's the issue. I don't think he will put more time into the game. Yeah. So no. I don't think we'll see much of him. Perhaps, perhaps. All right. Thank you, Toe, for uh, for coming on the cast uh, today, despite being retired um, and well, soon to be caster, hopefully. Um, <laughs> I hope you had a great time here as well. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me, uh, Abanda <laughs> and uh, Martijn. This was great. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, come back anytime. And yeah, like Martijn said, we'll uh, we'll see you in the casters booth. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows?